Drink This Beer is brought to you by the Beer Guys. BeerGuysRadio.com is where you need to go to get the scoop on what's going on in craft beer. That's BeerGuysRadio.com. And if you like the show, consider becoming one of our sponsors. Head to Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. That's Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? And welcome to Drink This Beer. It's our podcast that talks to the brewers and beer folks around the country and around the world that make and produce the beer you love to drink. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. On this show, we've got a very special treat for you. We're uh, previewing one of the greatest beer festivals in the country, and we're talking to one of the men that makes it happen. We're talking to Dan Shelton with Shelton Brothers Importers. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Definitely, and of course, just some uh, just some housekeeping. The Shelton Brothers Festival is August 18th and 19th at Southern Exchange, and that's at 200 Peachtree in Georgia. So uh, sheltonbrothers.com slash festival for tickets and details. It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited yeah. to be there. So, Definitely. Dan, I know when we talked, you mentioned that uh, you may be several beers in when we spoke, but you said the schedule just hasn't allowed it today, but you have opened one here recently. What are you drinking right now? Okay, this is a, it's a can from... Uh, the Tool Brewery in uh, in Denmark, and uh, actually it's not made there. It's like most of the beers, it's uh, made in uh, at the Zaproof Brewery in Belgium, where we also work. Uh, but this is um, this one's called Sir Mosaic, and I'm drinking it usually by the case, just because. Uh, well, Mosaic, of course, refers to the Mosaic hops, and there's plenty of that in this can. But there's also uh, Sir, the first word uh, means sour, and somehow. Somebody forgot to push the button or something, and it didn't get uh, sour. I hate when so that happens. It's a mosaic coffee. It's like an IPA. <laughs> okay. And, um, so they gave us the whole shipment for free, and so I've been steadily going through it uh, ever since. Best beer is a free beer. Yeah, Sounds good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, as we mentioned, we have the festival coming to at uh, Atlanta uh, here next week. And for those that aren't familiar, Dan, exactly what's the festival all about? Uh, well, it's... Um, you know, uh, oddly enough, I've never had to answer that question. I just, we kind of thought it was an obvious thing to do. It was really, um, it's kind of modeled, although not consciously. I mean, nothing we do is a model on anything. It's a, our, you know, people always ask me about our business model, and I say, model? What are you talking about? But <laughs> yeah. it's actually, it's, uh, it comes from experience, uh, lots of experience, obviously, in beer festivals in Europe, really, and elsewhere now. But uh, it's it's the kind of festival you see all over Europe. But you you never until we did this. I don't think you've ever really seen a festival like this in the U.S. It's just um, it's just uh, basically where you insist that the brewers be there. First of all, you've got to be able to talk to the brewers is, is the main thing. And um, it's uh, obviously there's no limit on the number of brewers that we are going to have. And so we've we've had up to like a hundred producers. When I say brewers, I guess I have to include also. Cider makers and uh, uh, mead makers. Mazers, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a word for that? Yeah, Mazers, I believe, is a mead maker. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. How about that? Okay. I, I was going to say meadists, but the meadists. whatever they are. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meadizers. Yeah. Mead I like that. That's even better. That's it. So, yeah. So, there's a hundred or so of those. So, that's, that's more than you usually see the festival. And, of course, uh, the, the key thing. And this is something that um, 
I have started reading that it's becoming a thing here too, finally, which is, uh, well, obviously these are selected uh, brewers. It's not just, uh, you know, anybody that wants to pay the money for a table or something like that can uh, come to the festival and try to hawk their wares. This is, um, this is a, you know, uh, the word these days people use is curated, you know, and um, uh, it's, uh, it was modeled really, like I said, it's modeled the right word at all. After a festival in Brussels, that was the first one anybody was aware of uh, that, uh, you know, it was by invitation only, basically. And you had to, they had to call you up and say, you're making great beers, would you like to come to our festival? And, and for that reason, it was always limited, um, in the number of people that would show up. Because the, the guys that do it, Edward uh, Al, by the way, brewers of ours uh, in our in our portfolio, um, are, uh, they, uh, they're very picky <laughs> yep. about yeah, so they've had only like 14 or so brewers. But we, what we've done is just uh, pretty much open up to everybody who works with us, which we've already been, it's pre-selected, in other words. Um, we've, we've chosen the brewers that we worked with uh, all along uh, for good reasons, and now they're all invited to the festival. We, at one point we had it, um, we were doing it with uh, the 12% uh, importing company. And uh, I don't know exactly what happened there, but he decided, it, I guess it wasn't, really uh, worth uh, the money we were losing, so we dropped out. But uh, it, it's been since uh, the, the second time, I guess, we we did it. We um, He hasn't been coming. Um, but um, it was a similar setup, of, you know, very small breweries and very dedicated, kind of passionate people who want to talk about what they do. Uh, so it worked out well awesome. that, uh, that way. And also, by the way, uh, the festival moves every year which just reflects another sort of just a personal kind of taste. I mean, I have a hard time staying in one place, sticking with one thing, you know, and uh, just working with one brewery or anything like that. So we, or one country, even. We, so we just we just keep moving around. We keep changing things up. More Drink This Beer with Tim and Aaron coming up after this. Here at Drink This Beer, we love to bring you the stories behind the craft beer and brewers that you love. And we'd be grateful if you took the time out to check out our Patreon site. It's at patreon.com slash beerguys. If you choose to become one of our donors, we would really appreciate it. Plus, you get some awesome swag, including t-shirts, glasses, stickers, and some more stuff that's coming down the pike. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer, part of the Beer Guys Radio Network. Tell a friend and head to patreon.com slash beerguys. Cheers. Welcome back to Drink This Beer with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. You just recently returned to Georgia, and uh, the festival's coming here this year. Of course, we're, we're thrilled to see your beers. The festival, uh, Porter Beer Bar here, is going to have Zwanze Day this year. Uh, so we're definitely excited to see all of that. Some of my favorite beer, beers are part of your portfolio. But to, to go back a few years, and, and uh, you, let, you did leave Georgia. There was something that happened that left Georgia, and I've heard speculation, rumors, trash talk, and all I would, of that. I would, I would love to know what the speculation was so so the the big thing that was said that is that there was that what i've heard the biggest one was there was a disagreement with your distributor in georgia over the westy release and that due to what happened there that you just felt the relationship you know could could not go on and that you would leave the state until you could return under another distributor yeah well that's that's sort of it. Um, it's just that uh, to say we had disagreement with our distributors is a little bit weird because we we just we didn't even discuss it with them. We 
um, well, I'd have to explain a lot about the West Lettron project to start with and probably take too much the of the whole show time, on but, its own, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, it really, it really would. I mean, we, we did our own radio show. We spent two shows on it. Um, and that was largely because of all this controversy, which, uh, in the end, um, I think proves, uh, that no good deed goes unpunished. Well, the, the thing is, we, uh, well, the monastery, uh, well, they didn't, they have very strong views about the commercialization of their beers. And as you know, West Lettron, uh, they try not to be sold anywhere but at the gates of the monastery. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, you can only pick up a case at a time and you have to call way in advance and give them your license plate. And if you have a rented car, they won't take you. They won't let you come. They, they're able to check all this stuff out. And one of the monks, by the way, one of the more fun monks I've come across in my life, um, used to be a federal police officer. I think he has a lot of, a uh, lot of good tactics up his sleeve, but, but they really try to prevent people from getting the beer, uh, in any way, but through them. And they, they really hate people making big profits off of their beers. Because you, you know, if you look online, I used to be at least I don't know that you know they would they would look online and see their beer for sale for a lot of money, like hundreds sure. of dollars. Hundred, yeah, I've seen hundred dollar bottles for one single bottle several times. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? After this, after this one time release in the U.S., we ended up handling all ourselves. It was supposed to be between two of us, by the way, two two importing companies, and the other one dropped out for reasons I'm not even allowed to talk about. But. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really look good on them. Um, but, uh, they, um, I heard at that time after that came out, you know, they, we were selling these, uh, six packs essentially with a glass in it, you know, so six, six beers and maybe a couple glasses. I can't remember, but, um, these, uh, there were people selling the boxes that they came in, uh, for a hundred dollars online. It's crazy. Um, yeah. but we, we were under pretty strict orders to make sure it, it got in at a certain price that would be affordable, but high enough price that it would kind of dampen some of this online stuff, which of course didn't really work. But we, so we had to, we had to, they were pretty expensive, but we had to um, basically get, find distributors who would work for free, uh, more or less, on this one. And, um, and we had to, we insisted on uh, a final shelf price from retailers. And for logistical reasons, plus those, those reasons of, you know, just, pricing and all that, we kind of had, well, it became clear that we needed to do exactly what the monks did themselves in Belgium uh, when they released the beer there for this one-time deal. They went through a single chain of stores and um, who worked very closely with them and made sure that, uh, you know, the pricing was uniform and, and no one was making a lot of money on it. And it was just, it was all done for a charity. The monastery needed to be rebuilt. The very serious problems with the monastery the physical plant, you know, the monster. So they uh, they needed to get some money together, but they didn't want to get involved in the commercial stuff. And so we we understood that very well, and we and we totally agreed with the whole idea. And we so we set it up to just work, um, you know, without anybody making any profit. And I, I can't say that um, there were certainly some distributors who refused to do that. Uh, I don't think that the one that we had in Georgia was one of those, but. It just turned out that the chain store we were working with um, wanted to work with somebody that they were familiar with, and and it didn't bother us at all. This was a one-shot deal. We didn't think they know supposed to make money, so we just didn't think it would be anybody would really care. But the distributor we were working with found out we were doing it with somebody else, and just got really upset. And um, 
went to the state agency and started calling in all these, uh, uh, and this is by the way what I was told. I, I should be very careful to say that I'm not, uh, this is, I don't want to be sued for defamation or something like that, but I was told that um, the uh, they called in the state agency, whatever it is, the ABC or whatever you have down there, and uh, they raided a bunch of uh, a bunch of these chain stores. And um, of course, there was nothing illegal at all about it, nothing wrong. But they kept coming and making trouble. And um, yeah. when I found out about that, I just uh, we weren't that thrilled with the distributor anyway. And uh, I just. Well, I thought about suing them, actually, but then, then just seems like, well, I got enough to do otherwise. Not. So I just stopped working with them. And I just didn't want to, I just was so appalled by the behavior. And, of course, what happened is, what we just heard a lot, is that the distributors, people that work for distributors, um, without identifying themselves as such, they they go online and they trash you. And we've been trashed countless times by people that we are able to identify eventually as people that work for distributors who are unhappy because we either got rid of them or, or uh, you know, didn't, didn't uh, sell them as much beer as, as we sold somebody else somewhere else, you know, a number of things. And um, I, I won't go into this, but I could definitely talk for hours uh, about all the lawsuits we've been in um, to try to just get away from distributors. There's all these laws that try, they try to lock you in with the distributor. If you sell them a case of beer, you're stuck with them for life, you know? Sure. You know, the good old three-tier system. Well, you know, three-tier system is one thing. I can live with that. But uh, this is a lot. Franchise is, law. Sort of a, yes, franchise laws. And they, and they always say this is part of the three-tier system. But it really has nothing to do with that. It's just, it's just pure, you know, protectionism. Yeah. Uh, In-state uh, distributors have their associations. Well, they, well, it's amazing they, how much uh, money the uh, distributors give to local and state government uh, officials. Uh, yeah, well, I suspect this is like a lot of businesses that, that there. I was told at one point, and I, I got to keep pointing out that I'm just told this stuff, and someone wants to be for defamation, then they can. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not what me exactly, yeah. allegedly. But uh, it's. Um, I was told that they were the second largest lobby in the country oh, after, of course, yeah. the, the NRA. It's it's unsurprising. Um, Just here in Georgia, yeah. we see a lot of money being being moved around uh, from from them. So no, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's it's the worst kind of thing, and, and I it's 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 ruining a lot of a lot of uh, industries, in my opinion. But one that uh, you know, it's it's unfortunately it's easier to do with the beer thing uh, because you know the the twenty first amendment that um, made that ended prohibition and made beer uh, well alcohol legal again also kind of gave certain rights to the states to control the the flow of alcohol into the state, you know, and how it was sold and what was there. And these people, uh, these distributors have fastened on the state's power to control alcohol and just really used it to, for their own advantages and and got these laws passed that uh, really have very little to do with alcohol per se, but they just mean that these guys, uh, well, the two effects of it are, as I say, you're stuck with them for life, so no one else could ever get brands, which means it's harder for competition. You know, good, hardworking distributors who want to just make a living and, and sell craft beer and not make a killing like the Budweiser guys do. It makes it hard for those guys to break in business. You can't get brands. Yeah. Uh, they, they get locked up. Um, and uh, the second thing is, and this is part of a big 
big movement that's happening in the country. The, the Budweiser and Miller distributors, who have a lot of money, have been well. As you've seen, they're they're buying um, they're buying into the craft beer business now. So sure. they can control the whole range of prices sure. from you know top to bottom. And you can tell me which is the top and which is the bottom. But, I mean, <laughs> right. Two more Budweiser, sellouts today, actually. Champion. So yeah. So we had yeah exactly. Right? So Funky yeah. Buddha just uh, just sold, sold the constellation. constellation. Yeah. 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 Yes, I did hear that. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I thought about this, but basically, just what, it was just really, um, it just looked really bad to us. It felt really bad to us to have somebody just not realizing this. This West Fletcher thing was not about them. You know, we had a lot of retailers upset too. The, the, the beer went to this chain, which was total sure. wine. Which we yeah, cool. we heard a lot of that from uh, you know the small craft shops and that they. That basically what they were verbalizing is we've supported Kraft and all this and these brands for so many years and you know just kind of felt that yeah but this had nothing to do with them and there was no money sure. to be made and, and and I understand that they wanted to be the ones to sell the customers but if you think about how that could possibly have worked when we had anywhere depending on the state we had anywhere from fifty to a hundred cases mm-hmm. of this stuff for us and we that was only in twenty two states so and that's how many that's how many cases we had total. Uh, if you do the math, and I, I won't try to remember what it was, <laughs> yeah, okay. do the math. But but either way, um, it it was not many cases, and there was no way that we could have managed to give uh, a single case to everybody that wanted to sell a case. And, and the fact is, and they can think about this when I said it, but it's just true. They would not have sold them. They would have kept them. They would have. Uh, they would have uh, I, I know, can't argue with that. I know a few. Sure. Yeah. And, and we know it's already happened with Cantillon. I mean, yes. yeah. there's a lot of thought about And that's why Zwanza Day, by the way, is going to be, uh, which you, uh, I forget whether we're on air or not, but you mentioned that Zwanza Day will be taking place in right. um, in Georgia somewhere, in, I guess in Atlanta. And uh, it's, uh, you know, that, that whole thing was a reaction to uh, all this, this greed and marking things up. And that's why you, when you go to Zwanza Day, you try this, Special beer that's released uh, at the same time of the day all around the world. Not at the same time of the day, but at the same actual time, you know, different in different time zones. It's a different time, but it, you know, it, and it's, you aren't allowed to like fill up, uh, uh, you know, a Coke bottle with uh, this beer sure. and take it and sell it online. And it's because they just they really very much like the monks. They just hate the, what's going on online and seeing their rare releases that. That they want everybody to be able to try being sold for a thousand bucks, you know. So this is just like, all right, you can you can go if you're really a big fan. You can go and get a get a get a, get a this one time one shot beer um, that's only in a small amount, you know, and in a selected number of places around the country, and uh, and drink it mm-hmm. and not not buy it and sell it online. Right. Yeah, by the way, you know, there are people who've uh, we're interning essentially at Cancun who stole bottles from like twenty year old huh. bottles. And wow. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, saw saw yeah, that online. I, I yeah. had to be there when that happened, and I uh, and saw the end of it. But wow. it, it was it's just it's just they don't no one likes all this greed and models probably don't care. But uh, people at Cancun and amongst they just they they don't like the way people treat craft beer as. Uh, it was a big money-making operation. Right. And, uh, you see it happening all over the place. So anyway. is there any chance the monks will need to do some more work on the uh, monastery in the future? 
I'll tell you, um, we almost, not intentionally, but we, we made sure of that because what happened in the end was um, we, uh, well, we, they wanted a certain amount of money uh, that they needed from you know each country that they worked in. Um, and we agreed to give them an extra $200,000. We decided that we shouldn't make any money and, and nobody should. And so we funneled $200,000 more back to them. And uh, if anybody ever has the occasion to go to Belgium and to visit West Fletcher, which most beer geeks do, um, you can stay at the guest house in the monastery, and it's been totally refurbished with the extra two hundred thousand dollars that we oh, that we uh, cool. we gave them. The Shelton Brothers and, suite. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of we were kind of joking with that. Uh, by the way, the monks are a lot of fun, and you can joke <laughs> as much as you want about pretty much anything. You can ask them anything you want. You can. They are amazingly frank and funny people, but they they were really they were so pleased, and they know that we suffered a lot for this project and didn't make money on it, and and um, they were very grateful. That alone made it worthwhile. But there was so much trouble, and Georgia was one of the places where you had trouble. But uh, yeah, there were a lot absolutely. of them. And we took all the crap, but all just because we, you know, again, it wasn't about these retailers who thought, "Well, I support craft beer all the time, so I should be able to." to get this beer, but you know, that would have been someone else didn't get it, and they thought the same thing about themselves, and the idea was to get the beer out there, so that it, so customers would know where to go, and there'd be like two or three stores maybe in the whole state, and they would have a lot of cases, so that you wouldn't be like, oh, you have to show up right at the time the store opens or whatever, and, uh, or you're, you're going to Waiting in line, or, yeah, right. exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, there's a million reasons, and, and there are other reasons, like financial and, and logistical reasons, um, having to do with the fact that there was supposed to be two of us doing this, as I said originally, and and uh, and we had to store a lot of extra beer, uh, and, and it couldn't happen right away because of all these legal issues. Uh, so this chain agreed to do all this stuff and make no money, and, and just made our lives really simple by taking all this beer in uh, months before it was actually sold, and there was just no other way we could have done it. And then to have people, and try to explain that to people, but just still have them reviling us, you know, all over the place. Um, and I just, uh, at some point you can't get too busy just explaining yourself because people don't, don't listen anyway. They just think you're making excuses or whatever. But right. uh, it was just really, it was unfortunate. It made it, it made it feel kind of like, well, I guess, uh, well, at least the monks like what we did. You know? There you go. Sure. That's right. um, anyway, that's, that's enough of that. But yeah, so that's, that's why we, out of Georgia, and um, the truth is, there's a there's a law, uh, part of the, the franchise law. But they always have these little little loopholes in them in there, which probably are constitutionally necessary. Um, but uh, one of the things in Georgia is if you stay away for I think four years right. without selling to a distributor, then you can you can uh, you can be released from them and come back in, and that's what we did. That's why it's it's been a little bit more than four years, but it's about four years. Very and, cool. Uh, and we are really glad to be back. I know that we, uh, when we had our festival in uh, in Los Angeles, a bunch of guys from Georgia. Um, I don't think it was you guys. Some guys. <laughs> it wasn't us. Well, not not yeah. this time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, I, I, I'm lousy with names too. I can't remember who, who it was. But either way, they, these guys came and they they were actually very understanding and. and uh, 
they they just said, we really would love to have you come back. And I explained, you know, um, it's going to happen soon. But I didn't tell them the details. And um, and we've, we've made good on that. But um, it was uh, it was hard because you just you can't really talk about this stuff. Right. Uh, no one wants to hear it. They just and of course, you know, quite often on some of these websites, uh, yeah. I won't name any particularly. But uh, Dan, we need to take a quick break. We definitely want to talk to you more about the festival and a little article on Beer Advocate here. And we've got more of this interview with Dan Shelton coming up in part two. Just head to drink this beer and download it wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Again, it's right there. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink This Beer, produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams, part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network, BeerGuysRadio.com.